Hello, everyone. This is Wes Miller with Pigskins and Pageantry, a podcast dedicated to all things SEC football and proud member of Blue Wire Hustle. Join me, Jesse, and Matt each week as we discuss last week's games, news around the league, predictions for next week's matchups, and more. And what is happening, everybody? It's Wes. Week two is in the books. There were some uh, exciting games, some not-so-exciting games. And uh, here to talk about it, as always. Well, not as always. It's just Matt this time. But what's going on, my friend? How you doing? What is cracking there, Wes? And every, hey to everybody out there. Week two is indeed in the books, and we are ready to move on to week three because I do not want to go back to week two. Yeah, week I'm, two, uh, a lot of I'm good without it. A lot of interesting stuff going on. So, um, horns down, <laughs> horns down. Yeah, I went yes. there. Oh Come yeah, at me, Texas fans. Yeah, Come at me. Uh, I don't know if anybody saw SEC sh- uh, SEC shorts this week, uh, but it was uh, it was quite entertaining and uh, very humorous. So, uh, but we'll get to that and many more games. And uh, hey, let's go ahead and uh, and talk about those games. Always remember. If you ain't first, you're last. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about those games from last week. First up, actually, uh, this was not the first game of the day. However, I put all the blowout games on the tail end, <laughs> so we'll kind of we'll kind of we'll kind of talk about those at the very end before we go to the next segment. Uh, but the first game that was competitive uh, was South Carolina at East Carolina, and uh, South Carolina ended up. Uh, winning this one 20 to 17 they uh, got it by a nose Uh, Matt gets two points because he got the score exactly right so kudos that doesn't that doesn't happen very often but uh, it did this week so congrats my friend so thank you uh South Carolina down 14-7 at half to East Carolina uh but they did manage to come back and win this one on a 36-yard field goal by Parker White um it was interesting because uh, they were talking about the uh, Zeb Nolan storyline, you know, grad uh, assistant who uh, has been made into the starting quarterback of South Carolina. And uh, I, I know that they were saying Shane Beamer was asking his staff uh, last week. He's like, am I crazy guys for doing this? <laughs> uh, and basically they were like, you know, I mean, as long as it's working, who cares? <laughs> right. So exactly. uh Interesting to, to see that storyline continue um, as uh, as he passed uh, for 214 yards, one touchdown, and a pick in this game. Um, now, that said, we'll see what Doty's looking like for next week. Um, obviously, they have a little bit tougher opponent. Um, but this game, man, so uh, I don't know that I expected East Carolina to put up such a fight, uh, but, man, they did. And uh, I don't know if South Carolina just sort of, sort of overlooked them, but you think a, a team kind of rebuilding like South Carolina can't really afford to do that. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I, uh, I think, I mean, obviously I picked right score here. Got that one exactly <laughs> right. right. I don't know. I don't know how that happened. Uh, I, could think I mean, never, uh, <laughs> not, not thump my own chest, but that'll never happen again. Um, you know, this is uh, an East Carolina team. that's 0-2, but I think they're better than that record kind of shows um they went toe-to-toe with an sec team and and uh didn't come out on top this week but that seems like it's a pretty tough east carolina team um but you know 
South Carolina didn't make things easy for themselves. I mean, on they went two for 12 on third down, which is usually an indication that things have – the dream mm. went awry somewhere offensively speaking. Yeah. Uh, off uh, penalties, they had eight of them, uh, only for 55 yards grand total, but still eight penalties seems a bit excessive. Um, and, you know, they had three turnovers. I think mm-hmm. you take those three turnovers out, maybe they win by a couple more touchdowns. Um, again, Carolina is in that rebuild like we talked about, and I – I, I, eh? <laughs> I yeah. guess you can, you can you can be happy with this win if you're a Carolina fan, I guess. Um, you know, East Carolina is not a team known for setting the world on fire, but yeah, um, a, a W is a W. Uh, like uh, uh, what's his name in Fast and the Furious says, winning is winning. Right. Doesn't matter if it's by an inch or a mile, it's still winning. That's absolutely correct, and. Uh... I don't know if I'd say I'm scratching my head at this one because, I mean, like we said, South Carolina's got their own issues to work through. But, uh, but hey, kudos to them for, uh, for sticking with it, not giving up, and, uh, you know, uh, coming through in the end. So, um, think, um, Before we move on, Nolan yeah. went 13 for 24 for 214 yards. That's not awful. No. Uh, to, to be honest. And granted, I don't know what uh, East Carolina's defense looks like nationally ranked, but it's still not bad. Um, and, again – Three or four weeks ago, he was literally writing the playbook in a uh, in a right. film room somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and um, Juju McDowell went seventy-one yards on eleven carries, so that's not awful. Right. Um, it's just it seems like the big problem was third-down conversions. Getting, you know, getting keeping your offense on the field seemed a bit of an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were a South Carolina Gamecock this weekend, right. Yeah, and that's only going to get more difficult for them moving forward, as we'll see. Yes, it is. So, yes, it is. Um, let's talk about Pittsburgh at Tennessee. No, um, no, no. The Johnny Matrix no. Classic. I'm sorry, no. Matt. No. Pitt winning this one, 41 to 34. Um, I was the only one to pick Pitt. I didn't want to, uh, but that's kind of what the experts were leaning towards. So I decided, hey, might as well. But uh, I, you know, I'd rather hear from you first, Matt. What do you? what's your assessment on this game and what happened? And, and then I have a couple of questions for you from a team standpoint. So we came out looking really, really hot. Um, defense looked like they were lights out the first quarter. They came out, they got a special teams, got a blocked punt. Um, almost was a touchdown. Actually, no, they may have been their first scores, a block punt into a touchdown. I can't remember. Um, I believe you're correct. Or it was I, I, at the very beginning. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, um, no, it it definitely was. I can't see the the scoring play. It was early on, regardless. No, uh, no, it wasn't. Jabari Small on two yard run was right. the initial score. Thirteen minutes into the first half, first quarter. Um, so we came out hot, guns a blazing, and I felt like we were gonna. I thought at at the beginning, I thought we were gonna steamroll them. I was like, what were we worried about this game for? It, it definitely had uh, that that feel, and it definitely came off the rails. Um. The the big issue here, uh, I th- think, is that we lost Joe Milton. Um, I think middle of second quarter, he goes down with an injury. It might have been third quarter, no, second quarter, I think. Yeah. Um, and then you had to cut. You, then you had to have uh, Hinton Hooker come in, um, who didn't look bad, didn't look awful, um, but there are so many opportunities for Milton to get scores early. Like there was a couple of really really wide open receivers, and he just overthrew them by a mile. Yeah, um, one of them a walk-in point. touchdown. Yeah, absolutely. There were a couple of those plays um, that just we had a chance, and then they they just they just didn't get there. Um, as far as offensive production, 
uh, throughout the game for Tennessee. Um, 301 yards, no, I'm sorry, 238 yards total, which is not great. Um, but again, we lost our starting quarterback uh, and you had Hooker come in. So uh, six for 13 on third down, lost the time of possession by a 12 minute margin, um, 13 penalties for 134 yards. Mm. Um, so not a, not a good week for the weekend for the Vols. Um, made a little bit of a comeback there at the tail end, had a chance, a very controversial uh, fourth down call. Um, if anybody watched the game, you probably saw that and went, how did they not call that a first down? Most of all, Twitter agrees that, yeah, that wasn't a first down. Um, and there was a lot of uh, gnashing of teeth, so to speak, uh, mm-hmm. this weekend out of, on social media about this game. Um, I think Pitt's going to be a good team in the ACC. Uh, I yeah. think they're going to be competitive. I don't think this was a bad loss per se, um, but I, I really – I think we would have had a better chance of winning the ball game if we hadn't lost our quarterback to start and if we had done a better job of playing smart football. A lot of people were ready to throw out the bath, the bath, the baby with the bathwater this past weekend. I saw a number of tweets and uh, posts from people saying fire hypel and, you know, go oh, ahead gosh. and restart. Yeah, like they come out of the woodwork after this game. And I'm like, everybody just needs to calm down. And I feel like I've been saying that's been like my mantra for Tennessee football for the past, right. I don't know, 10, 15 years. But I, I don't know where you, how you respond. To, you just kind of have to roll with this at this point, I feel like. Um, I don't know, Wes, what do you think? Well, to your point, when you when you brought up that it was very much a, a Tennessee game early on, I, that's exactly what I thought while I was watching the game was that uh, Tennessee basically had pit on the ropes early. And then that's one of those cases where I think you just got to, you know, keep the gas pedal down. And um, they weren't able to do that. And then Pitt gets a little momentum. And before you know it, they've got some confidence. They're back in the game and and then are able to take the lead, as we saw. Yeah, a lot of momentum. They scored 27 points in the second quarter. Yeah, so it was so just a very much a very much of a roller coaster. Like you felt like Tennessee. Oh, okay, here we go. Tennessee's got the got this game in hand, and then they just sort of. Um, I don't know if they got out to a lead and were like, okay, we got this, and like didn't uh, didn't press. Uh, I mean, you know, who knows at the end of the day, but they definitely weren't able to do what they uh, had to do to put them away, but. One question I had for you as a Tennessee fan is obviously we saw Milton go down with a leg injury and then Hendon Hooker come in the game and play, play well, uh, or have some good plays at least. Uh, But I know Harrison Bailey, who's been uh, on the bench, uh, who uh, Tennessee fans, uh, I believe, especially last year, were just like fawning over. If you're Harrison Bailey, are I already, you? I already, I already know what you're going to ask. Are me. you packing your bags? Are I, I mean, because I mean that's what kids do nowadays, and and I can't blame them necessarily if they have an opportunity to play elsewhere. So, what do you think? I, I think Harrison Bailey is a sophomore. Hold on, I'm looking it up. I can't remember exactly what he's uh, what he is. Well, the thing is, if um, if if Joe Milton's out for an extended period of time. Harrison Bailey is QB2 now. Um, now, whether he sticks around, he's a sophomore. Uh, I just found that out. He's a sophomore, so he's got, what, uh, two more years after this? So, I mean, if he's not going to get the starting job, maybe he needs to start looking at his options. The problem is is that the 
that I don't I don't see why he wouldn't have a shot, you know, uh, year after next next year, his junior senior year. I mean, uh, Joe Milton's a junior this year, so he's going to stick around for at least another year. I, I don't know. They, I, I can't make a decision that way or the other because I'm not that kid. But I can tell you that most kids nowadays are going to be not the let me put my time in and see if I can get that win that starting job. It's a lot right. of let me go out and find a place that fits me, which I completely understand and I get. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't know, Wes. I can't answer that question. Yeah. Um, what do you know? Are there whispers of like what his shortcomings are, why he isn't? considered because i mean from what i heard he was awesome last year and maybe that was just uh you know talk or whatever but well, it seemed like looked, people he, thought he was going to do well he looked good in a couple situations last year but i think the the offense last year was a little bit different with True. the way that the hypo's running his offense now it's more of that spread you got to have a mobile quarterback sort of situation harrison bailey i don't think is known for being a scrambler um True. i think he's more of a pure pocket passer um you know a la you know, any traditional um, pocket passing quarterback. I, I don't know for a fact that that's the way he is. I seem to remember a couple of times last year he would get out of the pocket and make some moves. But that also is one of the reasons why I think he got hurt last year mm-hmm. um, was he didn't didn't do that as well as he could have. So I, I don't know. If I'm that kid, I'm probably looking at the situation thinking, yeah, I think I'm not going to have a shot at the starting job. There's yeah. only one quarterback on the field at a time. I might as well take my talent somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't considered uh, the new offense also being a reason, but that's a good yeah. point. Well, so. and, and that's, I think that's the big thing. And that's the reason why Harrison's not starting is I don't know if he necessarily fits that particular offense. Right. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and move on to number 13, Florida at South Florida. And this one was somewhat of a blowout. It was 42, 20, uh, Jesse getting the point in this one. I don't remember if I mentioned who got the point. Oh yeah, I got one in the last one, but yes, Jesse got the point in this one. Um, and that really kind of the only reason I mentioned this one is because we have more con- uh, quarterback. I don't know if controversy is the word. Cause we also have a controversy West. I don't but we also have injury involved here as well. That's another thing that complicates things. So uh, Emory Jones went uh, 14 for 22 uh, for 151 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Um, but, uh, Richardson, who was, uh, doing, you know, fairly well, uh, get this though, Richardson's stat line at quarterback three for three, 152 yards on those three passes and two touchdowns. That's a great QB rating. What is that QB rating? Let's oh, it's, it's whatever, whatever perfect is. I, uh, I don't know. It, so. it is a hundred. Yeah. hundred. Um, and then he also ran it four times for 115 yards and a touchdown. I think uh, through two games, he has something like 300 yards rushing. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's insane. Uh, however, he did pull up with a hamstring injury in this one. Um, I think he, I think it was a 80 yard touchdown run or something like that. Um, and he kind of pulled up uh, with his hamstring at the end. Um he didn't return, although he has been practicing this week, and Mullen says he's fine. So, um, so we'll see uh, what becomes of that. But uh, w- what are your thoughts on this one and the quarterback situation down there in Gainesville? Well, I can tell you, I think I'd call this a quality win. Um, you know, South Florida is not known. Again, it's a directional school. It's not known for being a football powerhouse. But anytime you can take care of business and beat somebody by three scores, I think that's a pretty good day at the office. Um, as far as the quarterback. 
stuff goes, it's working for Florida. Um, they've looked pretty good uh, overall, I'd say. Who'd they play week one? I don't remember now. Um, um, it was uh, it was another smaller, but I don't remember. FAU. FAU. Yeah. They beat them by three scores, too. Yeah. I think we'll have a better idea of how Florida's going to hold up in SEC play after they play Bama this weekend. Um, if that situation – yeah, nobody patriophilia. Um, <laughs> if if uh, if Florida can hang and do – do what they've been doing to those other two schools and, you know, cause Bama to have fits defensively because of that quarterback situation, then maybe this will work for them. But I don't know if you're going to be able to slice and dice the Bama defense like that. I was talking to my, um, my coworker who's a Bama, uh, Bama fan. And I said, yeah, you're all looking good. looks like you're going to win, win again. And he goes, nah, we're not that good. We, we have these, this issue, this issue, this issue. And I'm like, are you seeing the same football team I am? Because I don't know what you're talking about. But Rodney's a bit of a, a, a negative Nelly when it comes to being too optimistic about his football team, unlike Jesse. Um, she's not <laughs> here, so I can, I can talk <laughs> back about it. Um, the thing is, is that as long as Florida continues to, to, to safeguard the ball, and they don't think they had any turnovers in this game, right? No, they had two turnovers. They had two. Okay. okay. It so, was uh, – it, both of them were Emory Jones. Okay. Two picks. So – so maybe just stick with Richardson the whole game. I don't, I don't know. By the way, I want to point out Florida has 666 total yards of offense in this game. Yeah, that <laughs> right. so they could that really. You couldn't get a 667th yard. Really, we had to leave it there and make it 664. So right. Yeah, I bet Dan Mullen probably saw that and just giggled to himself. Anyway. <laughs> Well, here's the thing: is you talk about going up against Bama next week, and you know, let's say that uh, Richardson has mostly recovered from his injury. But, man, that Bama defense, I mean, gosh, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if you put Emory Jones out there and then maybe do kind of like a, like they used to do back in the day with, what was it, uh, Tim Tebow and Chris uh, Leak. Chris Leak, yeah. And just kind of swap them out just randomly. And it worked, it worked for them that year. They won a national championship that year, I think. And I, I wonder if maybe that might be a better strategy in this one uh, because I, I just see Richardson getting beat up in this one yeah, uh, if he's in it. So I, um, I'll, I'll be curious to see how they take that, that approach because if they keep both quarterbacks and they switch them out, that means Bama's defense is going to have to study and key on two separate quarterback play. True, which and, and be, I'm sure Mullen really will do that rough. too. Yeah, which, I, yeah, which could be really rough. That might be why they've run both of them out over the last couple of games in order to disrupt uh, Bama's game plan. True. Yeah, and uh, Dan Mullen is crazy, but he's also a great offensive mind. So, um, and they don't have the same talent, uh, especially at wide receiver this year. But remember what they did to Bama last year, um, and scored all kinds of points. On, on them I mean, so they they put up 35 points against them in the sec championship game i, think. I don't remember the exact score but it was yeah it was it was it, 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 was, a, it, was, it was back and forth it wasn't about. like oh bama's got this it was like yeah. oh <laughs> yeah. this is what's going on so uh, you know we'll see and we'll get there uh later on for our picks um by the way i do want yeah. to shout out jacob copeland who's a uh leading wide receiver in this game who was a former tennessee commit yes huh. i'm still a little bitter about that five receptions <laughs> For 175 yards and two touchdowns so yeah so <laughs> I, guess, I guess things worked out well for him huh you know for now anyway 
Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, next we had number five, Texas A&M at Colorado. Uh, A&M <laughs> winning this one 10 to seven. <laughs> no, that's not a typo. I didn't misspeak. Uh, 10 to seven. Unexpectedly close game here, but uh, Haynes King, starting quarterback, went out with a lower leg injury. It turns out that uh, leg injury was a uh, fractured leg, and he's going to be out multiple Oof. multiple weeks. I knew he was going to be gone for a minute. I didn't know that he broke his leg literally. Though. Yeah, I just uh, I looked at that. Uh, they updated it earlier this week, and uh, yeah, fr- it's a fracture, and so he'll be out for for a minute. Um, uh, Zach Calzada came in, and he he kind of started slow. He played well overall, I think. Uh, he did have the uh, winning touchdown to Isaiah Spiller. Um, it was weird, though, because I, I don't know if you had a chance to, to to see all of this one, but there was a moment where he was running in and reached over the goal line. However, they said he fumbled before the ball broke the plane. I did see that. And they ended up getting – Colorado got the touchback. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, obviously that was huge. Um, and I wasn't so sure. I was uh, – we were at a restaurant watching it. I can see it on the big screen overhead. And I was like, ah. Oh, I thought maybe that it might have broke first, but eh, it is what it is. They they were able to win anyway, but uh, but yeah. What do you what do you make of this close game? I mean, backup quarterback or not, they probably should have been able to handle Colorado, right? Uh, I'm trying to remember the last time Colorado made a deep run in the Big Twelve. Are they still in the Big Twelve? Right? I think they are, aren't they? Heck, if I know, actually, yeah. I thought I thought they were I, in, I, I thought they were in uh, Pac-12 now, but I could be mistaken on that. I don't think they've moved conferences. I think they're still tech. No, they are in the Pac-12. I'll be dipped. I thought they're still in the Big Ten, Big Twelve. Yeah. Um, so uh, here's the problem I have with this game: Colorado is not a barnstorming team. They are not a team that's known for winning a lot of football games or being very dominating. Here you have the top five Texas A&M team that's supposed to come in and completely nuke them and then wins by a field goal. It's just, mm, I think what was the line on this game last week, Wes? Do you remember? I think it was like 21, wasn't it? Um, something like that. I had picked, so I did get the point. Um, I had picked 34 to 17 and that was ish. That was close to what, what Vegas was saying. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you're right. Losing your starting quarterback does hurt as a Tennessee fan. I know how that feels. Um, but I don't think that's enough to make it to where you can't, where you're barely able to beat, um, are barely able to do much against, you know, Colorado. Here's here's something I was looking at the stat line that jumps off the page at me is on third down, and you know, well, I love, I love third down efficiency because it usually tells you how your day went. Because if you're converting third downs, you're keeping their defense out there. They're tired. It usually means you're doing pretty well. Eight for twenty in this game. Eight for 20. And this Colorado team is not known as a defensive team. So that's pretty rough. Um, not to mention the fact you only have 97 yards passing, um, averaging three yards per rush. That's a rough day. And if you're doing that against the Colorado defense, what are you going to do when you run into, you know, Bama, Georgia? Um, who else has a decent defense in the SEC? <laughs> it's it's so hit or miss the last couple of years, I can't even – Name it. I would say. I mean, oh, out there west with Arkansas too. Who, who Arkansas, knows now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arkansas. <laughs> I forgot about Arkansas. It's a complete crapshoot now. Yeah, Ole Miss. Uh, all those. Yeah, well, they don't so, have a defense. So. Well, that's true, but I, uh, from offensive standpoint, but yeah, uh, their defense was able to stop Colorado, but man, that offense just struggling. So, 
Um, yeah, very, very close and, and probably shouldn't have been. But, uh, hey, maybe they can get that offense tuned up under, uh, under Zach and, and maybe they'll do better uh, in the next one. So, uh, speaking he, of our – Hold on. Before we move on, I want to – Yeah. This, I love stats because they yeah. usually tell you everything you need to know. 18 for 38 for Zach Calzada uh, on the day. So, oof. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a rough day at the office. It's, it's, yeah, it's kind of apparent that they, he and the receivers weren't on the same page. Again, back up. Maybe this week in practice uh, they get all that stuff ironed out or at least better, do a better job. But uh, yeah. that's got to be concerning. Um, and that's the thing is, and I heard, heard them talking about this on uh, one of the ESPN podcasts this week is, the scary thing is, is that Haynes King wasn't necessarily lighting it up either. Um, and here's the thing is Jimbo is the quarterback guy, right? Yeah. He is like the quarterback whisperer. And that's yeah. why they paid him all that money uh, is, for, is for that kind of expertise. And here we've got, you know, a guy, Haynes King, who wasn't particularly lighting it up out there. And then Calzada, who just looks kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's very labored we're, we're really struggling to get some offense going. And so I guarantee you, there's some people going, uh, Jimbo, what's up, dude. I mean, yeah, what's going on, man. Yeah. And by the way, I looked it up. It's 17 point favorite is this was the spread this week for that. Mm-hmm. game. So we yeah. didn't get anywhere close to 17 points. <laughs> no, not anywhere. Um, all right. Next we had number 15, Texas at Arkansas and out in Fayetteville. And uh, Arkansas manhandles Texas and win this, wins this game 40-21. to 21. Uh, Nobody got the pick or, uh, correct in this game because no one uh, picked Arkansas. So, uh, but, hey, that's okay. Uh, I'm, I'm glad they won. So, uh, but, like I said, they, they manhandled at the line of scrimmage. They really controlled it. I mean, just look at the total yards. Texas, 256 to Arkansas's 471. Uh, Texas only getting 15 uh, first downs to Arkansas's 21. Um, so, I mean, KJ Jefferson having a great day, um, you know, or I- I'm sorry, not having a great day, <laughs> uh, although they were able to, uh, to get it done uh, otherwise. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good, good win for Arkansas, a good win for Sam Pittman. Um, and they were talking about, because um, I didn't know this, because I have never been to Fayetteville. But apparently, it's it's quite the city, and it's not just you know a small you know college town that, that's that's all they got is whatever. Apparently, the uh, the headquarters for Walmart is located there, mm-hmm. and the headquarters for Tyson Chicken are there. Oh, I didn't know that. And apparently, uh, logos for those two are everywhere around the stadium. I noticed uh, that when they showed the stadium this game, I was, it was like, "There's a Walmart sponsor for." Right. Okay. That must and, be new to this season because I don't remember ever seeing it before. And they they were rocking in that stadium and the and the you know the fans rushed the field. Uh goalposts came down, which you know we can talk about that, whatever. But hey, they were excited. I mean, this doesn't happen or it hasn't happened in quite a while. This used to be uh somewhat of a rivalry. Um but uh then it wasn't for many years, and now Arkansas just just put it to them. Um, so, uh, what, what do you, uh, what do you make of this, Matt, especially as, uh, as Texas, uh, is looking to join the SEC <laughs> soon, or maybe they're, maybe they're not after this. <laughs> let, let me, let me, let me bring, let me bring things in nice and close. Okay. Let's, let's have an intimate talk here, Texas. Welcome to the SEC. <laughs> ah, 
that's what I wanted to see. See, I was <laughs> when this game when the game first started, first quarter, it's three nothing. And I'm like, okay, Arkansas, I see you. You seem like you're gonna try and try and stick with them. And then next thing I know, we go into halftime and it's sixteen nothing. And I was like, right. uh okay. And man, did Arkansas turn it on in the third quarter. They put up 17 points in the third quarter and they beat the brakes off Texas. Mm-hmm. Um Texas is one of those teams that I have never gotten the hype for. They had a great run with um, Vince Young. Yeah, with Vince Young in the early 2000s. And aside from that, it's always been. What was it? Like, what was his name a couple years ago? Uh, Sam uh, El- El- Ellinger? Ellinger, or however you Ellinger? pronounce his last name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I he mean, they beat they beat back. us. No, they they beat no, us no. in a one of the I think it was Sugar Bowl Sugar or one Bowl, of those bowls no, okay. and. Uh, and yeah, that was the thing. Oh, Texas football is back, and yeah, but. it's 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 not back. Um, Poor Sark. I, I just I don't feel bad for Sark. <laughs> um, he's a bammer. <laughs> Bammers need to, you know what? Anyway, um, here's here's something that kind of popped off the off the page at me too. If you look at the comparison of rush stats between teams, I was going to say Arkansas three hundred thirty three yards on the ground, averaged seven point one yards per carry. Texas, 138 yards on the ground, 3.4 yards per carry. Just that Arkansas defense shut them down. It did not right. give them a chance. Um, and only they didn't score their first touchdown, uh, Texas, that is, didn't score their first touchdown until uh, 10 minutes left in the third quarter. So they pitched a shutout through two, two full, almost two, two and a half full quarters. Right. Just absolutely, absolutely dominated them. And, I love that. I absolutely love that because, um, you know, Arkansas is one of those teams that when they're good, it makes the entire, it makes the whole conference better. Yeah. Um, it's like when Ole Miss is good, when Mississippi State's good, it's these, uh, and I hate to use the term mid-tier, but let's be honest here, it's Arkansas. Um, you get these mid-tier teams that are able to kind of surprise some people, and that's exactly what we ended up with. And that makes me pretty happy. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, the rushing attack, man, was just there. And and I said KJ Jefferson didn't have a good day. I mean, he was 14 for 19, 138 yards, and he did have a pick. But I mean, let's be honest: when you're rushing like that, you don't necessarily have to attack in the uh, you know through the air. Uh, so uh, so good on him. Great uh, great uh, uh, handling of the line of scrimmage. I mean, that's uh, that's where your battles are won, and, and mm-hmm. you'd expect that with a guy like Sam Pittman, you know, historically. Obviously, he comes from a uh, offensive line coach background, uh, so his team definitely getting it done there. And it's interesting. So we laugh about it, but you know they were talking about it on um, on on another podcast I was listening to, ESPN. And you know, last year, and I think we even kind of were like, "What?" When he was hired, yeah, like, we were. wait. And honestly, this this might have been his only shot at at a head coaching gig this might've been his only shot that he would ever get. So, you know, kudos to him. I hope it works out. It's, it's working out so far, even last year when they, I think they only won three, was it three games last year, three or four games? I think they won four. Okay. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, they were, uh, you know, lighting up uh, the competition, but there was something different about that program and there continues to be something different. And, and, and now they're getting some confidence through a game like this. Uh, You know, who knows uh, when you can get a team, to buy in and believe the way that he has, you know, the sky's the limit, even if you're not necessarily the most talented team in the conference. Yeah. So. By the way, I, I want to point out, cause these are kind of cool little numbers. 
this was the ninth largest crowd in Arkansas history. Yeah. It's 74,531. It's a lot of people. Fans in the stands, which is a lot for a Arkansas football game. Mm -hmm. Um, And then this is the first time that Arkansas has beat Texas in Fayetteville since 1981. Wow. Ronald Reagan was president the last time Texas (laughs) lost the game in Fayetteville. Wow. A long time ago. That's wow. Yeah, that's incredible. It's it's a while back. So I, I tried to find when the last time Texas beat, or sorry, last time. Arkansas beat a top 15 team, but I can't seem to put my hand on those numbers. I am mm-hmm. curious though. Um, about yeah. I mean, they've had some good performances um, here and there now, maybe not uh, for the entire season, but um, it's probably not as far back as you'd think, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't point to a specific yeah, date either. I, it, it's hadn't been within the last five years. Cause I mean, yeah. got, got hired cause they can Belima. Right. Um, all right, so next we had NC State at Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State winning this from 24 to 10. Nobody picked Mississippi State again. We, we didn't have faith in the conference last we week. We did not. Um, but uh, uh, sophomore uh, Lydia uh, Griffin, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, he had a 70-yard kickoff return for a touchdown in the fourth quarter against La Tech in week one. Uh, but he took the opening kickoff of this game and returned it 100 yards for a touchdown, and that just sort of set the tone. The defense played well enough to hold the Wolfpack to 10 points in this one, obviously. Um, and while they gave up an average of four and a half yards per play, uh, Mississippi State's defense, that is, uh, most of that damage was done in garbage time. So, I mean, they really did well. Mississippi State's defense showed up, uh, and they uh, the team got a much-needed good win. Mike Leach got a much-needed good win. So, Matt, what are your thoughts on this? And um, – I don't know. I mean, a surprise win, right? Um, yeah, I'd say that's pretty surprising for all, considering all three of us picked uh, NC State. NC State uh, is one of those ACC teams that's always in the middle. They'll knock off somebody above them every once in a while. Mm-hmm. They they always seem to be um, kind of hanging around the middle of the pack in the ACC. Um, three turnovers uh, by Mississippi State's defense is a good sign. Um, NC State kind of gave them some help on that one. I'm curious as to if you'd eliminate those, t- those turnovers, what the game would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like the stat line goes, nine penalties for Mississippi state. We just, these SEC teams are playing with lots of penalties this year. And I don't understand why. Um, the other thing that kind of bothers me in, is Mississippi state went three for 13 on the third down here, mm-hmm. which again is another indication that offensively speaking, you're not getting, you're not staying on the field on, on your offense at least. Luckily, NC State's uh, offense didn't struggle just as much. They went six for 20 on third down. Um, So Mississippi State gets the win. Uh, I would say this is hopefully going to give Mike Leach a little bit of a kick in the pants. So hopefully we can see Mississippi State win some more football games, uh, or at least that's what I'm hoping. Because, again, we want want Mike Leach to be successful Um, because we want – we want all our teams to be successful, especially when they play at these out-of-state conference games. Right. Out-of-state, out-of-conference games. Right. And ACC is really running out of teams to kind of hang their hat on. Uh, they were hoping right. that NC State was going to be one of those that was going to be much improved this year. Um, and then, obviously, they turn around and do this. Um, they were really hanging their hat on uh, Florida State, <laughs> hoping – that, oh, yeah, because of that great performance against Notre Dame in week one, uh, even though, um, you know, obviously it, it didn't work out. Um, and then, obviously, they, they lost to, what, Jacksonville State. So, um, which kudos to Jacksonville State, but, you know, whatever. Uh, so, ACC looking pretty weak right now. Um, not going to help Clemson's case at all. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we'll see. 
Um, all right, let's get to Mizzou at Kentucky from last week. Uh, Kentucky winning this one 35 to 28. This was um, a banger. It was. We both uh, had seven as a differ- differential. So uh, if you follow the math there, though, the way the, the individual scores worked out and the difference between those, um, I got the point. So, um, and uh, so, yeah, Kentucky, they have an offense this year, officially. Um, is, obviously, we talked about. We talked about uh, Will Levis last week um, and kind of uh, obviously his uh, passing performance and, and, and lighting it up with a bunch of different receivers. Uh, however, junior Chris Rodriguez uh, running behind his uh, veteran offensive line uh, did fantastic in this one. 27 carries, 206 yards and three touchdowns. Um, and so they have a scary rushing attack as well. They're like, you're not going to make me one dimensional. You want to shut down the pass? I'll take it to you in the rushing game. And so, uh, once again, we see uh, Mizzou's defense give up a ton of yards, uh, uh, 519 to be exact. Um, So, I don't know. I I don't really know what what to make of this from a Mizzou standpoint. Obviously, I'm happy for Kentucky. Uh, But, Matt, what are your thoughts on this one? um, I'm confused as well. Um, I had a feeling that Kentucky was going to win this game. Obviously, we both picked Kentucky to win. But I'm trying to figure out where this Kentucky offense came from because we did not see anything that remotely close, look, closely looked like this last season. They couldn't throw the ball. The run game was so-so, and now they're lighting it up. Left Will and Levis and Wondell Robinson are both transfers, so that's where half of no, your offense you came from right there. <laughs> so. Yeah, they've, uh, they've officially opened up that stuff. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's true. And by the way, I'm still waiting for this um, – uh, for Connor Basilek to be like the end-all, be-all quarterback in the SEC. Um, he had a decent – I mean, four touchdowns is a good day. But I just – I'm not overly impressed with the kid this season. Um, I seem to remember that Drinkwitz, Coach Drinky, had uh, had, a, had some things to talk to say during his post-game presser. Um, really? I can't – yeah, I can't remember what – it wasn't about Basilic. It was just about the team in general. Um, and he – oh, no, I remember what it was. I read an article earlier this week that he he put um, pictures of the logo for um, – because they're playing Southeast Missouri State this weekend. Yeah. They put pictures of their logo in the kids' lockers this week as a way to motivate them to work harder or something along those lines. I can't remember what the story is, but I think that Drinkwitz was a little disappointed with the Tigers effort in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, overall offensively 400 yards is pretty good overall, but seven penalties for 65 yards is a bit excessive. Um, and then not to mention they had a big turnover late in the game. I think it was so yeah. Uh, Missouri still got some things to work on. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, good on Kentucky. They're uh, looking like a, a force on the offensive side and uh, see where things go from there. Is Kentucky getting the top 25 this week, you think? Uh, this this coming week after the next after this upcoming week of games? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I mean, I could I could see that with a uh, with a good performance, but I I don't know. Uh, that's that's asking a lot uh, at this point in the season. And again, it could depend on what other teams do too. That's true. Um, all right, let's talk about Vanderbilt at Colorado State. Uh, Vanderbilt winning this one 24-21. Uh, kudos if you stayed up to watch this one on the East Coast. 
Um, I had this game on uh, right before bed. It was like a hundred, it was like one o'clock in the morning. Um, and uh, when, when it finished, but uh, Vanderbilt ends an 11 game winning streak or losing streak rather hey. with a 38 yard field goal by graduate transfer from Alabama, Joseph Bulavas. And so, you know, obviously we had some of the Alabama kicker woes. He was one of those who had uh, at least at least one um, I know one that I that I found was uh, it was an iron bowl where he missed a field goal to tie it it would have sent it into overtime they lost the iron bowl on that uh, so hey he's a graduate transfer to Vanderbilt and and he's winning games for Vanderbilt so <laughs> kudos to the guy you know after uh, after losing to was uh, East Tennessee State in week one uh, kudos to Vanderbilt for uh, uh, for coming back and, and hanging tough against Colorado uh, out there or uh, Colorado state out there um, away. So uh, Matt, did you have any thoughts on this game? I was shocked. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, that uh, Vanderbilt found, found a way to pull this thing off. So kudos to Vanderbilt for the dub um, getting that essential out of conference uh, win against a, uh, uh, you know, Colorado state who I think is also still – are they in the Pac-12 as well? I can't remember where any of these teams out west are anymore. I, th- I, think, I, I think – yeah, I think they're both no, – they're Mountain, they're Mountain West. Are they? Mountain okay. West. Mountain West, which is apparently still a conference. Um, but, yeah, that uh, that's 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 a pretty good win for, yeah. for Vanderbilt. Um, they gave up a ton of yards on, uh, on offense, though, which is a bit surprising that they still found a way to win this thing even giving up that amount of yard, 445 yeah. yards of offense and you lose a football game. That's yeah. Oof. And they were even on turnovers. They each had one mm-hmm. and lost, lost a fumble and Colorado state threw an interception. So I don't, I don't know where the edge was in this game. Um, I, I guess it came down to the kicking game, which is where most close games when they get one is because of the kicking game. And that was sure enough what happened in this one. Yeah. Oh, I see now. Vanderbilt controlled the pace of the game because they had 35 minutes of possession. That's yeah, that's true. To Colorado State's 24. Now it mm-hmm. makes a little bit more sense. I obviously did not stay up late to watch this game <laughs> because it was, and I hate to say this, it was Vanderbilt. Well, here's the thing: is like I had it on, and like I was, I was up anyway. But then it's like one of those deals where it gets closer to time, and you're like. Oh, oh my gosh, they might do this. Are they going to do this? And then you can't look away, right? So um, it was definitely an, an exciting game. So good on Vanderbilt, uh, get, snapping that 11-game uh, losing streak. And, uh, you know, uh, hopefully Clark Lee is able to, to help, uh, help that program maybe get turned around. So, um, all right, let's talk about some of these other games uh, that were not necessarily competitive um, at all. And first one was uh, Alabama State at Auburn. Uh, Auburn won this one 62 to zero. I got the point. Um, Then we got uh, UAB at Georgia. Uh, UGA winning this one 56 to seven. Nuke. Yeah. uh, On uh, Stetson Bennett's, uh, on half of his completed passes, he completed 10 passes in this game. Half of them, five were touchdowns. So, a good that's a good day it's, it's a really great day. day um so uh then we had mercer at uh number one alabama bama winning this one 48 to 14 also a nuke it was a nuke although not quite the lopsided nuke that i was no, expecting no, and i'm sure saban had a few things to say about that um 
Jesse had the point in this one. And then um, let's see, we had Austin P at Old Miss. Uh, Old Miss won this one 54-17. Matt, you got the point in that one. I was close on that one too. Yeah, yeah, you were. And then um, McNeese at LSU. LSU winning this one 34 to 7. Um, Matt also getting the point in this one. So on the tear. Yeah. So um, did you, of those blowouts, was there anything that just stood out to you that you wanted to discuss? I mean, obviously, Bama playing Mercer is kind of a big deal because Mercer's in our backyard. And, mm-hmm. You know, I, I work for Mercer uh, occasionally. So that that was exciting to see them get to play a big boy team yeah um, i wish the score had been a little bit different that would be so much fun <laughs> if mercer had beat bama i know jesse's cussing me right now but that would have been <laughs> hilarious if mercer had, i mean you know they beat duke in basketball right uh, yes and it was it the first round of 64 like four or five yeah. years ago mm-hmm. um i so watched I mean, that game it was wild but again then again it's basketball basketball is one of the sports where if you get the right five guys, they can beat anybody. Right. Uh, not none of these thing, games were surprising to me. We expected most of these. In fact, we expected all of these to be blowouts. Um, the only one that was even remotely close to an actual game was probably that McNeese State LSU game. But LSU needed a big, a big, uh, a big blowout kind of to make up for what happened when they laid an egg against L- uh, UCLA. So, um, yeah, I, I, nothing really passed that. Fun fun fact: McNeese's quarterback's last name is Orgeron. Yeah, it's 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 his son. Is it really? It is. How did you not? Oh, you so didn't I, watch college. You didn't watch College Game Day this week. No, I watch. didn't see that part. So yeah, I was going to say, what a coincidence! Well, now yeah. I look like an idiot. So yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little, little, but hey, that's a, that's awesome though. I mean, yeah. how how many times do you get to uh, coach? You know against or with or whatever yeah. your son and they they interviewed uh coach o about that and he he, he said yeah translates and cajun to i'm not going to pull any punches i don't care if it is my kid nice he was very moved as i could tell by that speech that you gave yeah he, uh, you could really hear the emotion dripping it, off the words. yeah by the way and i just want to look real quick so hold the hold your horses what did orgeron went 10 for 20 for 91 yards and a touchdown yeah. Um, let me see. Did he get sacked at all? Sacks? Where's my sack stat? I don't have that right in front of me. That is disappointing. All right. LSU's defense stats. There were three sacks by Mason Smith, one sack by Desmond Little, two and a half sacks by Andre Anthony, one sack by BJ Ojolari, a half a sack. Yeah, they sacked him a couple times. Mm-hmm. So Coach O's, Coach O's like, send him, send him, send I'm him. Hit, him hit him hard. Yeah, well, that's cool, man. So um, most of these games, especially the the smaller ones, I, I try to have them all on, but some of them I'm only able to listen to so much audio. <laughs> so right. a lot of them I'll have them on, uh, but not necessarily hear with the commentary. But that's awesome. I mean, that's yeah. uh, that's really cool. I mean, it's a fun little thing, you know. Yeah. It's really one of those neat little quirks in football that occasionally happen right all right so uh, after that round or uh, week two rather um the current pickup standings are uh, i've got nine matt has eight and jesse has six so again okay. again we're still just getting started here so lots lots of points to to come so um that does it for last week's games and uh let's talk about the uh the news here's the news <laughs> 
All right, so a little bit of news from outside of the conference and something that interesting that happened last weekend was number 12, Oregon, defeating number three, Ohio State, which I'm sure uh, most of us were fairly happy to see. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously, uh, unless you're an Ohio Excellent. State fan. Uh, Oregon jumps to number four. Ohio State falls to number nine. So is that going to end their chances? I don't know. Uh, but uh, all of a sudden, Oregon jumping in the driver's seat in the Pac-12. Uh, obviously, more games to be played there. Uh, but uh, it, was a ba- it was back and forth. And, I mean, n- neither team really played uh, great defense, but Oregon just able to uh, get the final touchdown and uh, Ohio State unable to have an answer for that. So uh, what, did, what were your thoughts on this, Matt, and just kind of what it means for the college football landscape right now? I, I think it's a good thing when Ohio State loses occasionally. <laughs> it humbles them. Um, the Ohio State fans need, need humbling occasionally. Um, I'm sure that if they ever see this, they'll probably jump all over me for saying it. But I don't see a problem here at all. Uh, I'm glad the Ducks beat them. I mean, look at Oregon. Oregon's got good colors. It's a nice shade mm-hmm. of green they got. They're in a great part of the country. Um, you know, Oregon's a really pretty state. Yeah. Um, they have a bit of a tradition being decent. Uh, the uh, Pac-12 doesn't have awful teams in it. That's not true. It does have an awful team in it. Um, but, you know, Oregon's up there. I don't know if they need to be number four. That feels a bit excessive. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, Ohio State's still in it. All they got to do is win their awful conference, and then they'll have a chance to – play and get disappointed in a big bowl game like they always do every year i'm sorry i should stop well if there was a team that could find a way in especially after last year when what it, definitely what do they do they, they they bent the rules like three different times just so i they didn't play enough conference games remember they, they didn't play enough game conference games else. um what was there was more um gosh what was it with uh, justin fields wasn't sure if he was going to be ready to play um, they decided whatever. I don't even remember what the context was now. I just remember that on like three separate occasions, there were they rules. Were with, yeah. There were rules that they had and they were like, uh, I think we'll vote because it was big 10 conference voting to, uh, uh, we'll bend the rules for them. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is just, well, you know, the big 10 is going to get a chunk of that money they get from the college football playoff. And all. Yeah. The of course they're going to do everything they can to get their team in. And I don't blame them. The SEC would probably do the same thing with Bama and everybody else if they had an opportunity. Yeah, you, yeah, and you're probably right. It was just comical to watch because it was kind of like, all right, this is the line. Oh, never mind, never mind. Uh, we're going to move it a little bit. Now, now, this is the line. I promise this is the line. Oh, gosh, are you kidding me? Okay, fine. We're, <laughs> and line's way back there now. Right. Yeah, so um, – it'd be interesting to see how that happens. Another thing I was thinking about in this um, performance by Oregon is um, they were saying, uh, this is the best Oregon has done uh, since we saw uh, Willie Taggart there. And I started thinking, I was like, my gosh, it's been a long time since Willie Taggart was out at Oregon. And, and I looked and Mario Cristobal has been the head coach since 2018 there. Meaning for three years now. Yeah. So meaning that like we talked about Chip Kelly last week, so somebody who has had a little bit of time to get his guys in there and put his stamp on the program in much of the same way uh, Mario Cristobal has done at Oregon. Obviously he was, um, he was promoted right from uh, OC. I think he was OC out there before, but still um, having a chance to uh, make his own mark as head coach on the program. Again, I think that this is something that, uh, 
that the SEC could learn from <laughs> is giving their coaches a little bit of time uh, to have some impact on their teams versus just, oh, okay, well, you haven't won in a year, well, you're out. Or, you know. But we've been having that, that, that rigmarole for a while now. Um, I was looking, because we played Pitt this past weekend, and it was the Johnny Majors Classic which you forgot to mention, by the way. Um, I did. Well, you didn't want to talk about the game at all, so I was just sort of, <laughs> I was just sort of jumping um, through. But I went back and looked at Johnny Major's record when he first took over the job in 1978 at Tennessee. In his first two seasons, he didn't win more than four or five games. Um, yeah. And I think he got to be season four and five. He also he's like seven or eight wins. And then it, I think it was like 86, 87. No, it might have been before that. 85, 80, 84. 86 somewhere in the mid 80s he won his first sec championship well yeah then from there it was all all you know roses and and unicorn poop so i don't that's the thing you got to give people time that's the reason why i'm trying to be patient with hypel that's the reason why i've always been kind of i'm i just i don't know it's one of those situations where you don't want to be patient because you see what happens with other teams and you're like we got to catch up we got to catch up got to catch up but occasionally when you let them sit and ruminate and give them some chances, you end up with that situation. Um, I don't know if Mario Cristobal is going to take Oregon to a national championship game simply because it's a Pac-12. It's a different brand of football. But I don't see the problem let, giving them a couple of years and letting them get somewhere. This is a big win for him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and, uh, you know – it's just going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they go or what direction their program takes. By the yeah. way, that was the first time that Oregon beat Ohio State in nine tries. Oh wow! Yeah, so they they've played each other a little bit and they've never beat them until Saturday. Yeah, well, you're talking about Johnny Majors, and it made me think about Vince Dooley also because he also had several seasons where he struggled as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, but this was also a, a pre-Saban world that we're talking that's, about. That's the problem. It was and, the Saban effect, and it screwed and, up a lot of stuff. And that was kind of when, okay, you know, we've accepted the fact that we might struggle for a few years, but people don't accept that now. It's win now or you're done. Well, I mean, look so. at what they did with Brett Belima at Arkansas. They didn't yeah. give him any time. I mean, they, they forced him out after year three. Um, yeah. Pruitt probably would have been there for a couple more years if – you hadn't had the NCAA violations. Well, um, here's the here's the thing about that they is gave, they gave Butch four years. Yeah, that's true. And I was a little surprised. I was definitely surprised at that to the point where I felt bad for him and his family because at the at the very wait, end. Wait, 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 time out. You felt bad for Butch. Well, from a from a human being standpoint, not from a coaching standpoint, but from a human being standpoint, and especially the because uh, they did a whole like documentary on that, uh, the just the stuff that his kids went through at school, and just all that. And I know that's that's the that comes with the territory. Uh, don't get me wrong, but uh, it, it, to me, um, it was like we've let this thing go on for too long. And he, I think he should have been out a lot sooner than that. And in some cases, um, you know, that is what you need to do. Four was a little bit long for him, I think, in my estimation. I don't know. Um, speaking of firing coaches, yeah, I, I think after year three. Yeah. So you're talking, uh, we had uh, USC firing Chris Helton as head coach. Yup. So who do you see as their, uh, I saw Cristobal listed as one of the candidates listed. Clay, Clay Helton. I wrote the name wrong, that, that the name down wrong. That was my fault. Sorry. Yeah. 
Yeah, then that, that was on me. I was the one that wrote that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a parrot. Him. I just read what's put in front of me. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. They fired him. Um, oh, who they lose to this past weekend? I'm trying to remember what game they lost. Stanford. They, they lost 42 to 28 at home against Stanford. Um, Stanford's not a good football team from if it, I don't know if anybody pays attention to the Pac 12, but Clay Helton has not done what he needed to do at USC. That's a hard job to win, by the way, uh, to, to win. Like that, that particular school has such high expectations because of the Matt Liner ears and the, you know, um, yeah. Uh, who was their head coach? Uh, Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll. Is, is in the NFL now. Uh, it's just one of those situations where there's such high expectations. Um, and they they canned him. They didn't waste any time. And I'm looking back at his head coaching record. He took over in 2015. He went five and four his first season, um, ten and three in sixteen, eleven and three in seventeen, uh, won the conference in seventeen, uh, five and seven and eighteen, eight and five and nineteen, went five and one last year because of COVID, uh, finished in the top twenty five, and then they canned him after one and one and said, Nope, we're done. Um, so oof. That's a, it's an interesting switch. Now here's the kicker is I've heard several names that are being tossed around for this. Uh, James Franklin is one of them. Uh, the head coach yes. at, uh, Penn State. at Penn State, the current um, head coach at Penn State used to be the head coach at Vanderbilt before he we went down there. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Campbell at Iowa State is another name that's being thrown around. Um there's a couple more Greg Schiano's name has shown up. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I laughed at that too. Um, I'm not sure why, but his name's being thrown around. And then uh, the one that really caught my attention uh, um, was Mark Stoops. His name's being mentioned Ooh. as a potential candidate for USC. Um, I don't, I don't know, know if Mark Stoops is a Southern Cal kind of guy. I don't think he is, but that's, it's an interesting interesting kind of thing i think um and you know obviously urban meyer's name's attached to it bob stoops name is attached to it um uh, urban meyer came out today and made a statement said he's not leaving jacksonville he's going to continue to be their general manager so that probably after after he cut tim tebow after he cut tim tebow so i would imagine that he you know do you think he cried when he did that i I think he did i I think he cried he probably cried when he (laughs) filled out the paperwork just 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 sitting there just <laughs> I'm sorry Tim I have to do it <laughs> yeah the holidays just aren't going to be the same anymore <laughs> so. no I guess I guess I guess Tim's going to have to send that fruit basket somewhere else. <laughs> God help oh me. man I don't I don't know how we took that turn but uh um yeah so uh speaking of uh we talked about FSU earlier they lost to Jacksonville State and that's another element of news to talk about i mean i'm not fsu's been so um maligned and deservedly so um i mean i i don't even know what to say about this program what do you have any thoughts on them they're so like there's a lot of parallels between us and them as a tennessee fan like i think this is a faster further fall it seems like tennessee was like kind of gradual i I feel (laughs) like this is i feel like this is right where we were last year or two years ago three years ago when did whenever we had that it might have been last year i guess you could call that last year was weird because it was 2020 
but mm-hmm. you know you have a perennial power that is uh, in bad bad dire straits they had the whole willie taggart thing a couple of years ago um and they bring in um norvell out of memphis and he hasn't really impressed anybody it's just a bad situation all around i uh, i have a couple of people that i interact with on on twitter uh, that are that are Florida State fans. Um, we got into it a couple of years ago about which 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 fan base had more of a gripe, us or FSU, and so I followed them. And so we we see, I see their stuff occasionally. They were not happy with this loss. They were really really upset, and I just I feel bad for Florida State because Florida State's one of those teams that you always expect to succeed and be good and competitive, and they're just not right now. Right. Um. And Jacksonville State is uh, – they're an FCS school, right? Yeah, they're in the um, – can't remember what conference. They're, they, they play like Kennesaw State and uh, – Big Campbell Sky, and, is that right? Yeah, 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 that sounds right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just – it's embarrassing, really. Um, but so. I think Jacksonville State last year in the FCS playoff actually made it pretty, pretty deep. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, this isn't an awful football team. Let me see. They went ten and three last season. Um, oh, they're in the Ohio Valley Conference. Oh, really? So, yeah, they went Let's ten and three that. last season. They finished the FCC FCS coaches poll uh, in the top ten. So this is not a bad football team. Mm-hmm. Well, for you know that that particular spot. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, man, I don't know. I, I think. Uh, Florida State, man, they they have how far they have fallen, and especially, I mean, even from like a emotional standpoint, you kind of with the whole Bobby Bowden thing, you were kind of hoping maybe they might have a, a few good games, um, but man, it's just it's just been rough. So, and they played um, they played Florida State uh, October of is this October of twenty twenty that they played them looks like it might be 2019 but they played them a while back and in that game they they lost um 24 to 41 so they're beatable Florida State can beat them they just didn't get it done this week mm-hmm. yep all right uh we have a a really brief fan feedback section this time so let's just uh, go ahead and listen to that you want answers i want the truth you can't handle the truth all right uh so our one um main comment from this uh, week was colin ford says texas sucks <laughs> yes they do <laughs> yes uh, they do uh, yeah we, we kind of talked about this already but uh Man, so if you haven't seen the SEC shorts where Texas wants out of the SEC, where uh, there was it, they're in the SEC offices trying to shred their form of acceptance. In the middle, middle of the night. In the middle of the night. Um, yeah, I I wonder if there is somebody uh, in leadership there, maybe Matthew McConaughey, sitting there going. You know, maybe maybe we have second thoughts about this. <laughs> is it too late to to rescind that offer? Can uh, we? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Old Matthew's gonna have to say, "All right, all right, all right." Once he gets to the SEC, and it's not gonna be all right. All it's right, not gonna all be right. all right. It's not. Um, they're like, uh, can can you guys like kick out BYU and we can come back to the Big Twelve or something? <laughs> 
Yeah. They're in trouble, boy. I tell you, they are going to be in, in trouble. Could be the big 13, guys. Um, so, <coughs> all right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and talk about the upcoming games and uh, make our predictions. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble. All right, the first matchup of the day is the New Mexico Lobos at uh, number seven, Texas A&M. Both of those teams, 2-0. and uh, That is a noon kickoff on SEC Network. Um, obviously, this should be a blowout. I'm going to go uh, A&M winning this one 41-10. to and, uh, and since Jesse's not here, she has been able to put in her picks, however. Uh, she has A&M winning this one 42-17. Uh, to Matt? Uh, yeah, I don't know how you pick against uh, A&M against a team called New Mexico. I don't even know what a Lobo is. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a wolf. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to go with Texas A&M as well, so 38-10. Okay. All right, uh, next up we have the Chattanooga Mocs versus Kentucky. Chattanooga is 1-1, one one, Kentucky 2-0. and o. That is noon on ESPN+. Plus. Fun fact. Mox is short for Mockingbird, which is the state bird of Tennessee, by the way, um, which I'm sure you knew, Matt. And I, I thought it was short for moccasins. Uh, and their like mascot, moccasin. right? Their mascot, Scrappy, is named after the legendary former Chattanooga football coach AC Scrappy Moore. No idea who that is. So that is your fun fact. Hey, you know, you get education beyond the SEC here uh, sometimes. Um, also, uh, another fun fact, who was a famous wide receiver who, is pl- who played for Chattanooga? Played for... Um, Terrell Owens, right? Yes, that is absolutely yep. 100% correct. Um, anyway, uh, Kentucky going to take care of business here. I've got Kentucky winning this one 45-10. to 10. Uh, Jesse has Kentucky also winning 31-14. to 14. Matt, what's your prediction? Uh, yeah, Kentucky's not going to struggle here. I'm going to say 35-7 final score, Kentucky. Okay. Next, we have the Southeast Missouri State Red Hawks at 0-2 at Mizzou 1-1, and that is noon on ESPN+. Plus. Um, yeah, I've got Mizzou winning this one. I mean, obviously, they should win, but I've got them winning 35-21. to Jesse has Mizzou winning 28-13. to Matt? I like both those picks. Uh, I'm going to extend Jesse's a little bit. I'm going to say the score is Mizzou 28-10. Okay. All right, next we have Tennessee Tech at 0-2 versus Tennessee 1-1. That is a noon kickoff on ESPN+. Plus. Um, yeah, I think Tennessee shouldn't have a problem with this one, regardless of uh, who's able to go out there at quarterback. Um, I've got uh, UT winning this one 42-10. to Matt? Oh, sorry. Let me do Jesse's. Uh, yeah, don't forget Jesse. She has uh, Tennessee winning twenty-eight ten. Matt, what's yours? Such little faith in my volunteers, Jesse. <laughs> God Almighty. Uh, yeah, I think this is going to be one of those tune-up games. We got Florida the week after this. Um, we got to get. I think Milton probably will. If depending, they didn't know how long he's going to be on the shelf. So if he if he plays, they might even hold him out just to be safe. Uh, to give him a chance to kind of rest. Uh, so I'm going to say Tennessee wins this thing 42 7. Okay. All right. Next, we have the uh, number one Alabama at 2 0 at number 11 Florida, also 2 0 at 3 30 on CBS. This is our game of the week, right? Yeah, although there's some more, there's some more intriguing ones later on. Uh, but yeah, as far as SEC, two SEC opponents, yeah, probably this one. Um, 
Yeah. So this is going to be, gosh, you know, I could see, I could see Florida maybe scoring some points in this one, but it just seems like um, in a situation like this um, that uh, when Bama's has to do what they need to do, that they are just able to step on the competition. And I think that's going to be the case. I think Vegas has them favored by 14 and a half. I, I moved that up by about a touchdown. Uh, saying uh, Bama's going to win this one 42 to 21. Uh, Jesse has Bama winning 42 to 31. So she's she got thinks, no faith in nobody this week. Yeah, even her own team, which is rare. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Matt, rare. Matt, what you got? Uh, I'm going to say Bama wins this thing 45 uh, 23. I think the score is going to be a little closer than that up until about midway through the third quarter. I think at that point, the extra level, extra little spice that bama has is going to push them ahead mm-hmm. so yeah i'm gonna say final score is 45 23 okay all right next we have georgia southern one-on-one at number 20 arkansas two and oh um and that is a four o'clock kickoff on sec network um yeah i think obviously arkansas is going to be able to do a little bit more of the same although you know georgia southern traditionally can surprise some people but i think uh, arkansas has got season. this yeah not this season i think arkansas uh, has got this one, and I got them winning 38 to 14. Uh, Jesse has them winning, although much closer, 28 to 21. Matt, what do you have? I'm going to say, I was just looking at who Southern's played this week, and they played, they won their first game against, uh, was it Georgia? I don't know what school that is. G Web. I don't know what that is. Uh, and then they lost 38 to 6 to Florida Atlantic. Um, so, yeah, I don't foresee. Uh, Georgia Southern doing too hot in this game. So I'm going to say that Arkansas wins this thing 35-10. Okay. All right. Next, we have Mississippi State 2-0 at Memphis, also 2-0, 4 o'clock on ESPN2. Um, I don't know. I think Mississippi State might have uh, a little bit of a contest, although I do think that they uh, are able to edge out Memphis at the end. I have Mississippi State winning this one 34-31. to Jesse has Memphis taking this one, um, and uh, she has a final score of twenty-eight to seventeen. Matt, what are you, what are you thinking? I, I'm thinking this one's going to be fairly close. Vegas has this at three points, favoring Mississippi State. I'm going to go with Mississippi State because Vegas is usually right, but I'm going to say they win by more than three points. I'm going to say final score is thirty-five thirty. Okay. All right. Um, Next, we have South Carolina 2-0 at number two, Georgia 2-0, 7 o'clock on ESPN. The interesting thing about this game is we may not see either starting quarterback. Um, so um, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see, though. Uh, Shane Beamer says that, that Luke Doty will not play until he's 100%. However, he did state this week that he expects Doty to be 100% by Saturday. So I suppose at that point, it just depends on how practice is going this week and, and what the decision is uh, for the dogs. Uh, looks like JT Daniels. He's been dealing with the oblique injury since before the Clemson game, apparently. Um, however, it didn't really bother him until the morning after the game. And that's kind of why we didn't really hear anything about it, you know, right after the game. But then it was like, you know, Sunday and Monday is, Oh, JT's got an injury. You're like, wait, what? Um, uh, however, it seems like he's uh, improving more each day. Um, it looks like he could go on Saturday, uh, but general consensus is that he doesn't have to. Obviously, I think they could they could probably get the job done with Stetson Bennett, especially after his performance last week. Um, 
So, uh, so we'll see. And, and also since uh, South Carolina is kind of rebuilding this year, I think we might be all right. So uh, I say all that to say, I think Georgia's going to win. Um, I, I am interested to see who's coming out at, at quarterback though, for both sides. Uh, but I have Georgia winning this one, 42 to seven. Uh, Jesse has uh, Georgia winning 42 to 21. So giving up three touchdowns to SC, that, that would be interesting. Matt, what you got? I uh, initially was going to make my score a little closer than I am now, but then I realized that it's a 7 p.m. kickoff in night in Athens. Mm-hmm. And that place is a different bear at night. Um, so I'm going to say Georgia wins this thing. I forgot to write UGA. The UGA is going to win this ball game. It's going to be final score 45-10. Okay. Originally, originally I had it 45-14, but I think, I think that night, that late kickoff is going to give them a little bit of an edge. Well, here's the deal, and and granted, stuff could happen in garbage time. We don't know, but um, I would be after you hold Clemson to three points. I would be very disappointed if uh, if we gave up, uh, you know, a touchdown, or uh, if we gave up two touchdowns to South Carolina, um, and uh, you know, and actually, what the uh, the only score last week, I believe, was a, a pick six, Carson Beck, mm-hmm. who got his first touchdown pass. Also threw a pick six, so you know whatever. So, um, all right. Next, we have a game that I'm really intrigued about, and I, this is the game day game. This is where college game day is going this week. Mm-hmm. Is uh, number two Auburn, or I'm sorry, number twenty two Auburn at two and zero at number ten uh, Penn State, also two and zero. Seven thirty kickoff on ABC. This is going to be an interesting matchup because Auburn is trending up obviously Brian Harson's got his offense humming along I think they've scored they've scored 60 points in their first two games since the first time since like forever I think it was the 80s I'm not sure what the date was but it's been a long time since they've gotten off to that kind of a fast start um but uh obviously they're playing Penn State um in uh at uh, at home for Penn State and it's going to be a whiteout as well so it's going to be one of those uh, atmosphere type games. Something obviously these Auburn guys are are used to uh, big atmospheres and stuff, but it's just going to be different uh, up there uh, up there at Penn State. So um, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, we're going to see how for real Auburn is. You kind of got these. Um, this is not like two mid to low tier teams. I feel like both of these teams are pretty good representatives for their conference. Jury's still kind of out on Auburn, obviously, because it's Harson's first year. Uh, but Penn State's doing well, um, and uh, and Auburn is looking well so far. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. But I've got Auburn winning this one in a close one, or a semi-close one, 31-24, to 24, so by one score. Jesse has Auburn winning 49-21. to 21, So she's got a lot of faith in the Auburn Tigers. So – Matt, what do you what do you think? I uh, I hate to do it, but I'm gonna have to pick Penn State. Oh. I uh, you know, whiteouts are special games. Um, I had a buddy named Ted. I mean, you know Teddy. You know yep. Teddy, don't you? Teddy, uh, who's a buddy of ours, used to tell us stories about those whiteout games at Penn State. It, so that atmosphere is going to be rocking. It's a late night kickoff. Um, Penn State has played Ball State and beat them forty four thirteen. And they also played a top 15 Wisconsin team and beat them 16 to 10. Mm-hmm. So they're, 
I feel like they've been tested a little bit more than Auburn has. I don't know how good Wisconsin is yet. Wisconsin's typically a pretty decent Big Ten team. Right. But I think Penn State's got the edge here. Um, I think that they, you know, the environment's going to be raucous. I think that Auburn will come out and try to do what they can, but I think they're going to run into a little bit of a wall. Um, so I'm going to say our final score is Penn State 21-20, and that field goal is going to be very late in the game to decide it. I, I think it's going to be exciting to watch, man. I think I'm, it's going to be a good game. I'm looking forward to it. Um, next, we have Central Michigan 1-1 one one at LSU, who is 1-1 one one as well. 7.30 on SEC Network. Um, yeah, so I think LSU is going to be able to uh, take care of business in this one. I got them winning 41-20. to 20. Jesse has LSU winning 31-21. to 21. Matt, what you got? Yeah, listen, this is a Central Michigan team that has already played. Um, that's already played Missouri this season and lost to them 34-24. Um, this is also another SEC connection. Guess who the head coach of Central Michigan is? I'm not sure. Former Florida head coach Jim McElwin. Nice. So, yeah. So I. He's I, decided I, not to jump on any sharks lately, huh? Well, he won't be. Um, he will not be playing in that game because he had to have an emergency appendectomy today. Oh well, now I feel bad. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't think uh, Central Michigan is going to be able to hang here. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 42 to seven is our final score. Okay. All right. Um, next game is Tulane at one and one at number 17, Old Miss, who is two and zero on the season. Uh, that's an eight o'clock kickoff on ESPN two. Um, yeah, I think Old Miss is going to score a lot of points as they often do. I got Old Miss winning this one, 48 to 28. Uh, Jesse's got Ole Miss th- 49 to 21. Matt, what is your prediction? Uh, listen, this is a scrappy Tulane team. They went toe to toe with Oklahoma. Yeah, uh, that's true. T- Tulane that's true. is is a charter member of the SEC. Uh, yes. Uh, way back in whenever the conference was founded, I think 1921 or what, 1920. I can't remember what year it was. Uh, but I say all that. Because, but Ole Miss is Ole Miss. Ole Miss's offense is going to blow people out of the water. So I'm going to say our final score is going to be, let's say, 49 to 14. Okay. All right, and then the final matchup of the evening is Stanford at one and one at Vanderbilt, also one and one, eight o'clock on ESPNU. Uh, look, I'm. I'm strangely excited about this game. Yeah, the Academic Bowl. Yeah, that's a, that's a good name for it. Um, I, I'm strangely excited about this one because, look, you know, with Vanderbilt doing well last week and, uh, you know, obviously they're on a high. Uh, Stanford um, has done well. They're not the Stanford, I think, of, you know, uh, five, ten years ago uh, where we used to see them in, in the top ten a lot. Um you know, I don't know that Vanderbilt actually has a chance in this one, but man, what a story would that be? Even if they make it close, right? Um, I, I think that would be cool. Um, all things considered, um, I think I'm going to have to go with the experts on this one, though. I got Stanford winning this one, 31 to 17. Uh, Jesse has Stanford winning 32 to six. Matt, what you got? This is a Stanford team that is not very good. Um, they, they, I think they snuck up on USC. USC probably. I don't know. Maybe USC was asleep at the switch, but they lost to them, obviously. Um, I think there's going to be a little bit of a we just beat USC hangover here 
So mm. I think Stanford's going to walk into this a little bit, a little bit sleepwalking. Um, and it's cross country also, too. And it's a cross country trip. It's a it's a late night kickoff on the East Coast. So mm-hmm. I think that's going to throw off their rhythm. Um, I'm going to say Stanford still wins this thing, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people are going to say it's going to be. So I'm going to say that Stanford wins this thing, 24-20. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm intrigued by that one. I'm interested to see how that goes. So that uh, that does it for our upcoming matchups. We'll see how those work out and where the points go. Um, so now we are at our Just for Fun segment, and I'm excited about this one because it's just completely ridiculous. Um, and the question for this week is, what two SEC head coaches would you want to see in a wrestling tag team? So we are going with the wrestling theme here. Tag team. Matt, I, I see your picks, and I'd like to, I'd like to listen to you tell the uh, listeners about them. Yeah, brother, we're going to talk about a little bit of wrestling down here. We're going to talk about how... Oh, man, that hurts my throat. <laughs> uh, sorry, that was my ho- horrible macho man impression. Um, I think the best tag team in the SEC Wrestling Federation uh, would no doubt be the teaming of Coach Ogeron and Lane Kiffin. Let me paint the picture for you. Okay. Coach O is the giant silent enforcer Except when he gets riled up, he, he, he pulls off the top part of his wrestling singlet because he wrestles in a singlet. Um, right, right. And he, <laughs> as he pummels people. And Lane Kiffin is the smarmy jackass heel that everybody wants to beat up. It's a perfect pairing. Obviously, they're heels. They're bad guys. Um, <laughs> and I think that's probably the best SEC tag team that you can come up with. That's a pretty good one. Um, I, I have to say, when when we first talked about this question, my mind went uh, one place, and that was, can you imagine the, the bruising combination of Coach O and Sam Pittman if, they were, if they were on a tag team? That would be like an old-school, like 1970s Memphis wrestling kind of tag team. That would oh, be- gosh. That would be a barn burner of a tag team. But, however, and so that's that, that was just sort of where my mind went just from a wrestling, just really just like a big bruiser type of combo. Uh, but I think the matchup or the tag team that people would love to see is uh, Mike Leach and Coach Drinky. <laughs> because... Now, hear me out. Hear me out. Because I'm sure the you're promo, like the promos would be fantastic. The promos, the promos are what it's all about. Now, granted, in the ring, they're just a couple of jobbers, and they're going to get knocked around, right? However, uh, the promos are going to be great. And, and I, <coughs> you're talking about singlets. Mike Leach definitely wears a singlet. Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, I think that's what the people want to see. I, I think it would be great. Now. Going back to the uh, the Coach O and Sam Pittman, I think I think that that might be the most intimidating, not just in the SEC, but probably in the country, <laughs> because name yes. name a scarier duo. Um, I don't know. I, I think Sam. You mentioned Sam Pittman coming off the top rope at you. I mean, I I've, that's got to be scary. I would that be terrified. <laughs> I, I would I would not be happy to see that coming. By the way, I thought of another good pairing of former SEC head coaches. Yeah, would be. Um, uh, oh, I just blanked on his name. He used to be the head coach at Vanderbilt. Help me out here. 
Oh, Derek Mason? Yeah. Derek Mason, obviously, yes. is a yes. physical specimen. I mean, he's he in would, the SEC. He's just not a head coach. He, well, yeah, but he would definitely fit the mold. And then it would be him and the absolutely unhinged Will Muschamp, Muschamp. as yep. his, uh, as his uh, tag team partner. See, uh, um, uh, dang, help me out. I forgot his name again. Um, Derek Mason? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Derek Mason is like the athletic, like – hardcore like catch wrestler that's a mat technician he's perfect <laughs> right and then here comes Muschamp, who is just rage unhinged <laughs> angry so chaotic he's he's the kind of guy that gets a chair out from underneath the ring and just bashes people over the head um, right drinking beer uh cracking beers together like stone cold steve austin off the top rope yeah that, that would be a fun tag team to watch Oh, absolutely. Because it would be the whole time it would just be Mason trying to calm him down. Like, whoa, <laughs> dude, just get get in the corner. Get in the corner. Let me let me work. We'll right. come back to and he he's just constantly interrupting the match, constantly getting involved. That would be a lot of fun to watch. And and you know, things are really getting insane when Mason gets into it and he loses it. So there would have to be a moment like there where yeah. the match the match builds to that point where Mason's just had enough too. And Does uh Nick- Nick Saban is not involved in any of these shenanigans, by the way. Just so we're clear. that's true. He's Nick got a lot of he's got a lot of anger and rage, but I just I just don't see him as like physically intimidating. I I don't not that I can't you know, I can't get into that. I not that not, not that Drinky and uh, and Mike Leach are necessarily physically intimidating. I guess but I could, the, I could see Nick Saban as like an authority figure in the wrestling organ, like like the. Um, like they used to do with Gorilla Monsoon in the WWF where he was the uh, commissioner. Yeah, the commissioner yeah. of the Wrestling Federation. I could see Saban trying to like put matches together and trying to make sure everybody doesn't like fight each other. And yeah, He occasionally jumps in the ring with a, with a metal chair. Right, just, just to <laughs> kind of get everybody calmed down. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah that yeah. would be, be fantastic. Right. Like one one more one more thought on the on the drinky Mike Leach because Drinky's a, a a cliche machine as we know. Right. And then well, uh, that's his finishing move, by the way. Right. <laughs> we call it the cliche Circle machine. Wagons, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and and then Mike Leach is over there, you know, with a pirate flag, uh, with a you know, with a, a knife in his teeth, jumping off the top rope. So. <laughs> This stuff writes itself. <laughs> oh, the mental picture I have of 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 him with a giant black pirate flag, just <laughs> eyes bugged out, just waving that thing across the the, uh, the ring. That'd be amazing. Anyway, and I'm him just to... looking at like, well, then there was the ring there, and I felt like it was there. I should jump on it, and <laughs> just like like, where are you going with this, Mike? Like, <laughs> oh man, Jimbo's a manager. Yeah, yeah, Jim, yeah. Jimbo's like the skeegee little like cheating manager like oh absolutely always always handing in like foreign a, objects to help out the bad guy instigator yeah. instigator yes. to the to, yeah. yeah to the nth yeah. degree absolutely yeah. i don't and, and hypel's up in the stands with us right popcorn and you know popcorn. all of this talk makes me sad that this is not a thing actually <laughs> <laughs> oh it'd be so great it'd be so wonderful it would i would pay top dollar to see that wrestling federation 100 That'd be a great live show. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. All right. Well, that does it for uh, for this episode. And uh, if you would like to contact us, please hit us up on email at pigskinspageantry at gmail.com. 
We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash pigskins and pageantry. We are also on Twitter at PPSCC podcast and Instagram at pigskins and pageantry. Don't forget we are available for download on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and most podcasting apps for iPhone, Android, and other operating systems. Uh, if you'd like, we would love it if you take a moment to uh, review and subscribe. Uh, give us a five-star review. We would love that and increase our visibility and tell everybody how amazing we are. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, exciting slate of games. We're, we're getting into some big ones um, little bit by little bit. And, uh, hey, we'll see what happens. Until next time, this is Wes. Go dogs. Remember, guys, stay out of trouble this week. Watch some football. Go Vols, beat Tennessee Tech, please. (laughs) I hear you.